Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore some of the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of December 4th, 2022, Aaron and I give Canada a weird pat on the back. Our discussion features further analysis of the man found dead in Moncton. We talk about a working dog, we question Toronto's healer dealer, we look at a bad Santa, and a phone. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Hi, hi. Weird to see you here. Yeah, yeah, so weird to see you. Funny running into you here. Uh, this isn't the first time we ran into each other over the last few days. I was on vacation, mm-hmm. and who do I see but you? But me, yes, yes. We uh, got together, we hung out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was our pre-Christmas party for the Keep Canada Weird crew and staff. It was, yeah. And it was a nice a nice physical meeting, you know, mm-hmm. being in the same room mm-hmm. uh, for a change. That was very mm-hmm. pleasant. And your boys were there, your, your two boys, your yeah. two younger boys, and your older boy, Randy, was there too. Yeah, my 40-year-old son, Randy, mm-hmm. was there putting together toys with my... Maybe the listeners should know what we're doing here. Forty, my my good buddy Randy, who's on the show a lot, is a, a ravenous toy collector. He mm. has hundreds of thousands of dollars of toys. I would that's say that's an probably. estimate. Yeah, it's an. It estimate. seems about that. Uh, he keeps them all in boxes, as like an adult toy collector does. But he decided to open a whole bunch of boxes to display them. He was kind enough to invite my two sons, who enjoy opening toys, to his yeah. house to basically open a toy store of toys uh in an adult man's house um and you came over as well i came over as well yeah it was uh fun it was fun to watch the toy creation building assembling happening happening that was cool it was quite the experience a lot of driving to get there and back but in the end it was all worth it to Mm -hmm. see people like you and randy and see the smiles on the faces of children watching a 40 something year old man open toys yeah and i i I liked you know drinking coffee and watching yeah well we i would love to talk more about this but we got of course and the listeners would like us too as well (laughs) (laughs) we have a full card and i don't uh and i'm not exaggerating this is the busiest show i think we've ever had the reason for that is we have a bunch of weird stories that the queen assigned to us to cover Mm -hmm. Yeah, And then w- one of the stories from last week blew up and we have several updates. Yes. So let's, st- let's start like this. We got some voice memos. Yeah. The first, let's, let's get, I guess, a critical voice memo out of the way first. Oh, yeah, we'll... yeah. Okay, awesome. You always enjoy this. I this love great... these, yeah. I can't wait to see what complete nonsense someone has to say. This relates, this is actually in response to a voicemail we got last week. So, oh, a voicemail responding to a voicemail. Yeah, very meta. So kind, nice. Yeah, very much so. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. It's Nadine from Cape Breton. 
Um, in response to Jennifer from Fredericton, if you re-listen to what she's asking you to do, she's not asking you to pronounce the word. She's asking you to spell it. So listen carefully to the messages that you get, because she's not even asking you to pronounce it. She's just asking you how to spell it. Thanks. Keep Canada weird. So if people don't recall what she's responding to, uh, someone called us last week mm -hmm. from New Brunswick uh, in response to us previously mispronouncing yeah, the uh, a town there or something. Meagerville or so, whatever this stupid town's name is. Oh, we now you just made it. You just threw fuel on the fire there. Not only did you mispronounce a town, you then called stupid the town, town stupid. <laughs> the entire town. Okay, um, great. What Nadine is saying is in that voicemail we got last week uh, about the place names being mispronounced by us, what the caller said is, see if you can spell this. And then she said a bunch of letters. But I think we both were like, oh, she means see if we can pronounce. Yeah, what she's yeah. Spelling. Take a guess and at how this word that I'll spell out for you would how you think it would be pronounced. Yeah. And, and I think... In my mind, it was a pretty obvious case of misspeak when she said, yeah, "How just misspoke in the in the voicemail." Yeah, yeah, to the point that we, I don't think we felt the need to bring it up, and we just moved on. And I think mm -hmm. the listeners probably also caught that misspeak. I, but Nadine's voicemail, I think Nadine thinks she wanted us actually to spell the word she was spelling, uh, and yeah. we should listen carefully. I don't, I don't know if that was tongue in cheek or if Nadine maybe didn't think it was misspeak. I'm not sure. Um, I thought it was clearly mis misspeak. And I, you know, we attempted to pronounce the word. However, we never got the correct pronunciation yet for that word. For I that never town. looked into it. Do no. you have any idea what it is? Okay. No, I don't know. I, I didn't care even to look into it. But <laughs> yeah. If any listener uh, wants to tell us how that word was spelled from last week, or that community place name was spelled, yeah. uh, I just misspoke. Yeah, you're a mess. Nadine is like just you shut are a hot mess. If anyone knows how to pronounce the word that the prior caller spelled, let us know. Please. Let's get into another one here. If Nadine was critical, this person certainly is not. Let's okay. Notice. All right. Get ready to have your heart warmed up. Jordan and Handsome Aaron Airport. This is Teresa coming to you from the wilds of the South Chicago suburbs. Uh, <laughs> I am a, a faithful listener. I love, love, love the nighttime podcast. I've been listening to you since the very, well, the very beginning. Uh, Jordan, you and I have chatted on Twitter multiple times a peculiar mayhem over there if you remember uh and i have to say as much as i love the amazing in-depth stuff you do with the nova scotia mass shooting um series uh, and as much as i love paul palango keeping canada weird is where my heart is i'm a i'm a honorary canadian and i love the land of canada and i want it to be as weird as possible uh i just wanted to say you guys just make my week so much better and um for the record though uh we are in opposition because i do love my timmies um <laughs> but uh, i get my 10 bits whenever we go north so uh 
thank you guys for everything. You're fantastic. Um, have a wonderful day and uh, keep on being weird. Okay. What, what, what was the listener's name again? I don't even want to tell you. They're going to get, be getting a peace bond against you. Well, when you react what a what nice said. voicemail it was. That was you know, Teresa. It was Teresa. Yeah. Teresa, it was, it was so lovely and, and it was such a lovely voicemail and so kind, uh, wonderful to hear. And then you had to blow the entire thing up. Like, why couldn't you just keep that to yourself? You know, like, why couldn't you have just let that be? Don't you don't have to tell us that. Like, even if you mm -hmm. do, which I don't believe that you actually do enjoy Tim Hortons, uh, it's, it's impossible. But I, I, I really feel like you just should have kept that to yourself and let the voicemail just be, you know, and because mm -hmm. and, I was I was I was going up, you know, I was up in a, in a great place listening to it. And now I'm down in a, in a mm. terrible, dark, fiery place. Cause that's yeah. what Tim Hortons does to me. You know, it, 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 it brings me there. I think uh, the whole thing, if you have a compliment, you should, it should never be followed by a butt or if you have something. Yeah. 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 Butt, that was a pretty big, butt she threw in there. Mm hmm. Uh, thanks anyway, Teresa. Yeah. Just, just try back again another time and consider now, the constructive criticism that, that, that you've heard here tonight. Mm hmm. Now, here we go. This next one is uh, is serious. So all joking aside, this next voicemail opens up a huge can of worms. So let me back up to something we talked about last week. You remember we did two separate stories relating to the same deceased man found in Moncton, New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. One story was about how the man was found deceased uh, outside of Moncton's like community center and the RCMP misidentified him, told his family or told a family, your son's dead, found out 13 hours later while they were beginning to plan funeral arrangements that it actually wasn't their son. It was somebody else. Then we heard the other side of the story where we had like a sort of social worker, emergency outreach kind of person talking about interacting with this man the night before the night that he died. And she highlighted a lot of issues in Moncton affecting homeless homeless people or unhoused people or people suffering with addiction. I got a voice memo that relates to that story and a whole bunch of stuff has happened over the last week that we need to get into. So let's, let's start with this. Here's okay. the voice memo from someone also named Jordan. Oh. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. Um, I've just listened to your episode, um, your most recent episode and your segment where you talked about the um, misidentified body in Moncton and then the actual person who um, tragically passed away. Um, I just wanted to give you a little bit of information on the situation that is going on in Moncton. I work at one of the three homeless shelters here in Moncton, and um, the situation um, is extremely dire. Um, all of the shelters are full, are at capacity, um, and Luke Landry is his name, the man who died. Um, Luke Landry was released from prison. He went to a place called Ensemble, which is our um, harm reduction, overdose prevention program here in Moncton, and they're not a shelter. They can help refer people, but they're not a shelter. And the amazing workers there 
tried to find him somewhere to stay for the night, but they couldn't. And unfortunately, the story ended the way the story ended. And all of the beds are full at all of the shelters. There are, there is about to be um, an emergency out of the cold shelter um, opening, hopefully the week before Christmas. Um, and like I said, the situation here in Moncton is disgustingly tragic. So I'm the voicemail there, but this person has experience in this industry. They understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. They let us know a few important things. One is they expressed the seriousness of the crisis that's affecting people in Moncton, New Brunswick, as highlighted by, by this man's death. Um, another point she had made was also that there's plans to maybe take a bit of the load off by opening an emergency shelter shortly. That would open before Christmas. Yeah. So before we get into it, do you have anything to say about the voice memo before I start unloading more of the story? Well, it's heavy. It's um, mm. it's it's sad to hear it, and it's unfortunate that you know. I think in the you know in the maritime, sometimes you know homelessness and 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 issues like that aren't kind of as in your face maybe as in other bigger centers around the country mm -hmm. right where you see so much of it on the street like say if you're walking in downtown toronto or something but um it's getting really bad here it's getting you know in nova scotia new brunswick like it's it's kind of really heartbreaking to hear about yeah um and winter's coming and well, winter yeah exactly so for the updates related to this story i'm going to share it in two parts First part, actually, this will be a lot like we did last week. The first part will be about the misidentification, and the next part will be about, you know, the shelter and social outreach. So first of all, a lot of people who heard last week's episode uh, expressed um, dismay that the RCMP could misidentify in a, a deceased person and notify the wrong family. Uh, there was a lot of outrage related to that. The RCMP did address it. Uh, oh, here's, right. Here's what they got had to say about it. Brunswick have issued an apology after wrongfully notifying a family their son had died in a Moncton public washroom last week. CTV late anchor Stephanie Sikos joins us now with more. And Steph, what did police have to say? Todd, Kodiak Regional RCMP say they are reviewing what happened and share their apologies more than a week after officers misidentified a body in Moncton. Now, this stems from a sudden death in the early hours of November 22nd when a man was found dead inside a public washroom just outside Moncton City Hall. Initially, police told the Price family their son had died, only for them to find out 13 hours later he was still alive. The man found was later identified as 35-year-old Luke Landry. The incident has been traumatic for both families involved. Ten days after the mix-up, Superintendent Benoit Jolette issued a statement saying, on behalf of the Kodiak Regional RCMP, I want to express our profound regret and sincere apologies for the incorrect next-of-kin notification that was conducted following a recent sudden death in our community. I know this will have deep and lasting impacts on both families involved as well as on the wider community. The superintendent says he has spoken with the families to personally offer his apologies 
Police say they are reviewing this incident as well as the application of their policies and procedures to find out exactly what happened to ensure it does not happen again. Todd. Okay, thank you for that, Stephanie. Stephanie Sikos in the newsroom. Of course, Steph will have your late newscast right here. 10 days to apologize seems a little excessive given the facts of the case. Yeah, it seems like an extremely delayed apology and still no explanation yet as to how the mistake happened. Yeah, and I think people should know. I, it's, it's shocking to me. Uh, like the, the journalist in that report says, it's, it's traumatizing for both families. You know, the, the family whose, whose son died, of course, yeah, traumatic. The other family, I just can't imagine getting swept up in that. It's like, what a friggin' mess. And um, they must know, like, it, it, it must it be can't obvious take, what actually it, happened, They must right? already know, but like they're saying, you know, we're looking into our procedures and our policies regarding yeah, I mean, this matter to figure out what went wrong, but they must know what went wrong. I think they probably know what went wrong because it must be pretty obvious, but they're, they're probably looking more in like their policies and procedures of how things happen to see like, what can we adjust so this doesn't happen again? Because I'm sure it must be human yeah. errors, uh, but I don't, I don't know. I, I'll be curious to see if the facts come out. I'm sure. Yeah, it would just be nice to know, to hear, here's what went wrong and here's, here's exactly what happened what went wrong here's how we're going to fix it mm -hmm. yeah well so far in this update we heard from jordan who ex who described kind of the boots on the ground problems that are happening for people trying to help those um struggling in moncton we got the update from the rcmp uh now the next the next story i, I don't even know how to set this up because i'm i'm at a loss for words about the yeah. next update in this so after like given all that's going on the misidentification the, the the young man dying outside moncton city hall uh, social workers and people coming forward uh, expressing you know the, the extent of this crisis uh the city announced that they are going to be setting up some new a new homeless shelter they're going to be taking at some kind of community center and putting um, a place in it for homeless, like a, an emergency center, an emergency center for people suffering with homelessness, uh, which seems like it should be a good news story, mm -hmm. right? Like they're doing yeah. something. You would think everybody would be completely on board with this idea. Um, not everyone is okay with an emergency shelter opening up in uh, a community center in Moncton where this young man died last week. Um, and someone was brave enough to be the face of the opposition against opening this homeless shelter so quickly. Yeah. That's all I want to say for this setup. So get your uh, eye rolling ready. No, they're already rolling. A Moncton woman is frustrated and speaking out tonight about losing space in a local community center that will become a temporary homeless shelter in the near future. April Saunier trains dogs twice a week at the Moncton Lions Community Center. City Council announced last week the municipally owned building will be transformed into a shelter for the city's rising homeless population. As a result, all programming in the building will have to cease. Saunier, who says she's got 60 clients, says the training courses are her main source of income and she now needs to find a new place. She's sympathetic to the plight of the less fortunate, but says the short notice has left her scrambling. 
So originally we were told that we were able to stay until the Christmas break. Uh, the center closes for two weeks for Christmas, so that was already pre-planned. And uh, this week they had told us that we're cutting that short, so we have to be out by December 9th. So it's a little bit of a, a quick change. So unfortunately with dogs, it's very difficult to find a place to go. Um, most people hesitate to allow dogs into buildings, even if we're you know, following all rules and recommendations, it seems to be a challenge. Sonia says since the building is a senior center, the focus is on trying to find new places for their programs to be held. She says she has reached out to more than 100 places in the greater Moncton area to find a new location for her dog courses. But as of yet, no luck. Oh, are you sympathetic mm. at all? Here's the thing. Like, okay. So we all love dogs, right? We, dogs are wonderful. I love dogs. Mm. Um, and in this situation, like, you have to just keep your frustration to yourself. Like, yeah. sure, she's got a last minute, you know, kind of reconfigure and and figure out where she's going to go and and how she's going to kind of handle all of that and, and yeah that that sucks but it's like a bit, but it's a business thing it's just it's yeah a... it's it's you know just keep it to yourself don't uh, go on the news and and be like ah you know this this homeless shelter that they want to put here it's yeah. it's killing me kill yeah i'm here two days a week training dogs yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm just it, like if that I can't imagine it. Like if that was me, I can't imagine just being like I'm going to eat this inconvenience and not mm. go on the news and talk about the inconvenience I have as a result of this homeless shelter. Despite so you just got to like, grin and bear it. You yeah, just have like, to grin and bear yeah, it like, and just move on. It's like I know someone died last week, but people out there need to know how this is going to inconvenience my dog training business that I run two days a week out of the local community center that they now want to have people living in for the winter. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, just, it's, it's not a good look. It's yeah. That's, not, it's not a fashionable, uh, flattering thing to be doing yeah, in front I, of the entire world. Yeah. And even the people like, I think her complaint should be against maybe against the community center because it also says in that report is since a lot of seniors use it for their events, they're getting priority. So mm -hmm. so one thing that's happening is they're putting a homeless shelter in that space and less people are going to be able to run their events there. Uh, but then the building must have decided like, you know, the seniors bingo, seniors like card night, uh, you know, their tea social. We got to find a place for them. And then mm -hmm. we'll worry about the lady who's here two nights a week running a dog business. I suspect that they're happy to, yeah, to be done with her. <laughs> That's my theory. I um, think they're like, you know what? Um, we just don't want to deal with you anymore. We don't really care. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're happy to see you go. Um, yeah, I just, when I saw that on the news last night, they didn't mention, like in that report, I saw, I saw that news, uh, or that news clip I just played, I saw that on, on news last night while watching television at my dad's house, and I immediately put it together like, you know, they mentioned in the report, you know, Moncton has a rising homeless population, but they didn't mention like in last week, a guy was found dead outside of City Hall. Mm -hmm. Like they should have included that just so people get that this person's on the that news. That this person is, is wildly inappropriate in her in her complaints. But they, um, I guess they didn't want to didn't want to do that. Go that route. Now, 
this clip I just played, I want it to be, if anyone has criticism about it, I want them to criticize the dog training business owner, not the dogs, because dogs are good animals. You ah, said yourself, that's you what like I them. said. I love dogs. You know, we all do. And, and sometimes dogs are naughty and need to be trained. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to hear, let, let's kind of hit reset on dogs and on this show. Let's get into the stories, but I want to start with a story that's, uh, that expresses the joy a dog can bring to someone's life. So we're going to okay. call this, this show, now that we're into the show, we've got listener mail behind us. We're going to talk about a working dog, a healer dealer, another bad Santa, and a phone. Let's start All with right. the dog. Let's do it. My son's going to join me for this one because he loves a good pet story. Mm -hmm. You want to say hi to the people, bud? Hello, people. You want to say hi to Aaron? Hi, Aaron. What up? Let's put this in the air. So let's get into the story of a, a dog with a job in Edmonton. Okay. An Edmonton woman says she's overwhelmed at the responses she received after posting online in search of someone to help her dog find a day job. TTV's Merrick Takash explains. This is going to be an interesting transition. Every time she leaves for work, Meg McLean hears her dog complain. He unfortunately has always had separation anxiety. And so uh, that is something we've been working hard with him throughout his entire life. McLean works in pediatrics at the Stollery Children's Hospital and says because of Sully's anxiety, doggy daycare is not an option. So she made a Reddit post looking for someone to bring Sully to work. We got offers of jobs from tattoo parlors and cannabis shops, um, but what ended up being perfect for us is uh, Stephanie offered to bring him to work. Stephanie Redicliffe works for a consulting company and was one of dozens to respond to Meg's Reddit post. We have a dog as well that suffers a little bit from anxiety, so I definitely understand her plight. She's been taking Sully to work for two weeks now, and he's quickly become one of her most popular co-workers. All of my co-workers, they, when they see him in my office, they'll stop by and give him a pet and um, my dog's usually there too, so she comes up and gets her pets and um, he's figuring out exactly who has treats in their offices and uh, he makes a beeline for them. Resulting in a much happier Cocker Spaniel Poodle mix when his owner picks him up. To be able to offer Sully this better quality of life, he can go greet people, be with people, uh, and does not get upset or meltdown on a daily basis is everything to us. That Sully is a cute dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like Sully. Uh, for people who are watching and not listening, in the news clip, it shows the dog going to the office each day and the owner puts like a little tie on him and mm. he just runs around the office. He's got an adorable little tie on. Yeah. Uh, have you ever worked in an office that had a pet or an animal in it? Um, no, I haven't. I really like the bookstore in Sydney, Ed's Books, that has the uh, the cats. They have a couple of cats that would hang out in there. I, I always found that. It was always nice. Uh, but a, an office is a great spot for like a well-trained dog that's not loud or weird. That can just, like the dog can just walk around and make people happy. Yeah, I'm wondering though, like, obviously they had a dog there already, so everybody is already comfortable with that notion. But I wonder, it like, what 
kind of because um, there could be people with allergies that work there. There could be that's true. Uh, people who are afraid of dogs. Oh, that's um, true. Some people have those fears. So I wonder uh, if they've run into issues before or, you know, kind of talk to their employees first. But I also wonder what would happen if like someone got fired from that job, like, and, but the dog is still there. So then they would have this kind of <laughs> real bitterness towards the idea. It's like, oh, you fired me, but you're keeping the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's the whole thing with people being scared of dogs. Yeah, I never really thought of that. If it, it would need to be a really well-behaved dog, but some people are freaked out about dogs. And maybe that's something my, my son can elaborate on because you kind of get freaked out by big dogs. Yes, I, I, I do in fact hate dogs. You hate? I, no. I, oh. I did not mean to say that. I used to hate dogs. You, oh no, that came out. You can't take it back. You used to I don't dogs. like big, I don't very, I don't very like big dogs. That will Big jump dogs, up on. Yeah. Uh, if if anyone knows the podcast Canadian True Crime, the host of that, Christy Lee, and I are friends. Uh, she has a big dog. We went to her house one time. It was like my son and I, and and Christy and a few other podcasters. And we were all inside the house eating and hanging out, and I could hear someone screaming from the backyard. And, oh, I, yeah. and I looked in the backyard. They had a trampoline. And my son was on the trampoline. And there's like stairs off it. And uh, her, her, uh, there's stairs off the trampoline. And the dog was like sitting at the bottom of the stairs, just like looking up at my son. And he was like trapped up there for uh, an unreasonable amount of time. But if you worked mm -hmm. in an office, would you want to have a dog in it? Cat? I do, as long as it doesn't bother me. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Unless I'm allergic, then I then I wouldn't. What if it uh, ate kids? That can't happen. No. 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 Yes. You're well, right. That would. Thanks that for would be an HR issue for sure. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I just wanted to get his take on it, but yeah. Overall, I think uh, that's a great spot for a dog, and I'm glad that dog's not home alone. Animals are good for that stuff, like in terms of anxiety and and uh, de-stressing and stuff. I know, like. Uh, I've seen universities before bring in animals for students to pet, like during exam time when it's really stressful. And I imagine a dog would be, or a cat, you know, would be something uh, that can relieve stress for for employees, you know, during busy times. Yeah. Um, speaking of the relief of stress, healing, uh, wellness all these things that a dog could provide in an office. There's a man in Toronto. Uh, the police claim that he is a drug dealer and responsible for the city's largest ever recorded drug bust. He claims that he is uh, a healer that's helping mm -hmm. people. Let's use that as the segue to Toronto's healer dealer. The healer dealer. The story behind the largest single-day drug bust in Toronto police history. The man accused is testifying in his own defense in his trial, saying he's not responsible for the dozens of guns and millions in drugs found in his apartment. John Woodward joins us now. And, John, what's being made of this? Well, Michelle, Daniel Dubayich said on the stand he's not a major organized criminal. He's just a bioenergy healer who helps people. The Crown Attorney said to believe that, and to see him found with all those guns, the judge would have to believe he's the unluckiest person alive. 
These photos obtained by CTV News show 65 firearms and 1,500 rounds of ammunition, more than 100 kilos of cocaine, 30 kilos of crystal meth, MDMA and marijuana. When it was seized in 2020, it was a huge bust. It is the biggest single-day drug and firearm seizure in TPS history. All from this unassuming apartment block in Etobicoke, in the home of this man, Daniel Dubayich, a commercial painter and COVID-19 skeptic who fostered animals, including parrots. He lives a humble, frugal existence, no criminal record of any kind. His lawyer, Mitchell Warsaw, said Dubayich was as surprised as anyone when these bricks were found in the room he rented to a friend of a friend. On the door, a sign saying Vandalay Industries, a reference to the TV show Seinfeld. Did anybody call here asking for Vandalay Industries? A fictional company, Dubayich says, wasn't his idea. He rented out that second room to somebody who he really didn't know very well, coming from a very close friend of his who he trusted. And that person never slept in that second room. The police found all that contraband, much to his surprise. In tears, Dubayich testified, I've been doing healing and energy work and helping people for many years. I've worked with many celebrities. I've worked with people who are dying of cancer and the doctor sends them home to die and they survive. Instead of being in the newspaper for that, I'm in the newspaper as a drug dealer. I have two cars worth next to nothing. I'm in debt. It doesn't make sense. Dubayich did admit to having five ounces in cocaine he said was for his personal use and for small time dealing to as many as seven people. Prosecutor Aaron Panzer told him, you see there's an inconsistency between the holistic lifestyle and snorting cocaine. He replied, no, I'm not doing anything detrimental to my health. I've personally done cocaine and I haven't had any problems. Panzer said a handwritten ledger showed he was working for his roommate and his lack of cash was because he was buying Bitcoin, saying his story is unbelievable. You're telling us, in essence, you're the most unlucky person ever, she said. I'm telling you what the facts are, he responded. Facts the judge will have to sort out as the trial continues. As for the people Dubayich says are involved in that room court, heard two of them can't be found and one is dead. Now, the standard in a criminal case is proof beyond a reasonable doubt, so proximity to these drugs may not be enough, though the prosecution's case is he must have known. Reporting live, I'm John Woodward. Back to you. Oh man, <laughs> that's that's hard not to throw like half of that report. I know, I know. I just like that he's, I, you know, yes, I sell drugs. I just don't sell those drugs that you're talking about well, not in the that room. Many. Yeah. I do biomedical healing, and I, I love that yeah. he felt the need to say like, doctor, like I, I deal with celebrities. Doctors send people home to die, and I heal them. And you're not talking about mm -hmm. that here. Yeah. You think that happens? I, I have two cars that are worth practically nothing. You know, I've I've got all this debt and everything. It's like, well, if you're healing celebrities and curing cancer, like you say, you know, wouldn't wouldn't that not be the case? Bad businessman, then. Yeah, um, yeah. Just an interesting fellow, that's for so, sure. Oh man, but that is a trial. Those are the kind of trials that you want to sit in on. Like that's, yeah. Uh, and then the va he's a vaccine skeptic who yeah. lives in a house full of crystal meth, has cocaine that he admittedly uses. Mm -hmm. But I guess they also question that, and he said it hasn't caused him any problems yet. No, no, no. He's he's in court for, you know, a uh, big drug and weapons bust. Yeah, it hasn't caused him any problems. Yeah, what I read is that the what aside from, like, living in the house with all these guns and millions of dollars of drugs and stuff, is um, they... they there's evidence to show that he works for the person who owned it or something. And mm -hmm. like, it seems like they got him, but um, I guess whether or not they got you, if you're a nut, if you're crazy enough, you can just deny it and defend yourself. But 
you know, any random biomedical healer uh, who defends himself in the court has a fool for a client. Yeah, yeah. This guy is, you know, uh, I, I can't wait to see the updates on this story with him. Uh, you know, there's going to be something interesting. Uh, probably, mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, there's probably going to be a guilty verdict. Yeah, I guess you're completely <laughs> guilty. Yeah. <laughs> You've wasted our time. You've wasted everybody's time. You're just as guilty as it gets. There's no way as that that many guns, you know, that much drugs, like there's just absolutely no way you can not know about them. In the sign, the Vandalay Industries sign on the door, that even seems like it's a little like a cocky. Yeah, and and if the, if this if, if this guy he's renting the room to, right? He's never there as he as he claims. So why wouldn't he just go? Wouldn't he be curious about what's going on in there? You know, he's got Vandalay Industries on the door. The guy's never there. He wouldn't peek in, you know, and uh, yeah, see what's going on. on in there. I respect his privacy. Mm -hmm. Come on, get real. Yeah, get real. Yeah. Uh, so you're even wasting our time here, buddy. Yeah, but we like that. Yeah, and we're happy for it. Uh, you mm -hmm. know what else I'm happy for? Anytime there's a story related to Santa, specifically bad Santas. Last week, we talked about a, uh, a Santa Claus who was maybe getting arrested, but it turned out to just be a mall Santa who was maybe getting arrested, but it turned out to just be like a stupid joke gone wrong. Yeah, we called prank, out to yeah. listeners to share any stories related to Santa, Christmas, mall Santas in their community. Listeners did not disappoint. Uh, I got this one I want to share with you. It's uh, this is a the story of a bad Santa, maybe, I don't know if he's bad, mm -hmm. an inappropriate Santa that was working at a mall in Penticton, BC until he lost his job a few years back because of some inappropriate pictures he took both on and off of duty. Here, here's what happened. Yeah. What do you want? Move over, Billy Bob Thornton. There's a new bad Santa coming to town. Here is the photo I posted on Facebook of the lady and the flask. Gary Hopped is known for obliging to cheeky photo requests when he puts on his red suit. The South Okanagan Santa stand-in shared this photo pretending to drink from a flask. And this one seemingly getting frisky with a friend in his own home wearing his own suit. Hoping others would find some jolly in this naughty side of his Saint Nick, Gary shared them on social media, but the images landed him on the naughty list. Penticton's Cherry Lane Shopping Center terminated the 69-year-old Santa's helper after someone filed a complaint. I think it's terrible what they did, but it, it doesn't it doesn't end what I do. It wasn't the first time he's been in hot water. Mall management warned him last Christmas when they saw this consensual candid moment with an elf friend. While some of his fun did take place at the mall Santa display, the recent photos did not. He does admit sharing them with the world was a bit naive. I don't know that I would do it any differently because they're, they're just honest pictures and we were having fun. If you know Gary, that's just who he is. He 
does things. He's a very fun-loving, very jolly, happy man. Shoppers' reaction to the termination is mixed. I think people are overreacting. I don't think it's appropriate. You can't get away with that. I don't think he should have been terminated. He did that on personal time. The Cherry Lane Shopping Center behind me didn't respond to our request for comment. The mall Santa says whether the photos are perceived as naughty or nice, he hopes to get his jolly job back. Because that's what I wanted to do. There's also the fact that there's a $5,000 contract that they just said, oh no, we're not, we don't have to pay you now. Naughty Santa has had a job offer, but Gary says he's hoping to stick to children's events to help celebrate the real magic of the season. Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas. Are you sympathetic of that man, Gary, losing his job as a mall Santa? Well, it's a $5,000 contract that they just canceled. You know, with no justification whatsoever. I say a little, a little. I, I think when it, when you come to like when you okay, job, so you're sympathetic to him. Well, here's my here's my overall thought can be summed up like this: when it comes to like a job that involves people sitting their children on your lap, I'd say the employer should err on the side of caution. And if mm -hmm. you are making these like weird pictures and putting them on. Uh, Facebook, uh, but yeah, of course those pictures were in his at his own house and on his personal time, which is fine. But he also did it at work last year. There's photos of him like spanking elves, female elves. Um, yeah, I'm I am not sympathetic to him. I think if you're going to be a mall Santa, there's a responsibility that comes with that. You're representing Santa Claus. It's not about mm -hmm. you and what you think uh, Christmas celebrations should be. When you put on the beard and the hat. In the red coat, you're representing mm. Santa. You are, and you're representing the magic of Christmas. And the thing is, is that, you know, if you're going to be a mall Santa and parents are going to be comfortable bringing their children to you mm. to sit on your lap and take pictures with you and, and tell you what they want for Christmas, like... You, you can't be putting up photos online of you grabbing women's breasts and spanking them and in the Santa suit. Yeah, like you are the very Santa that the kids are going to see. And it's like, how do you as a parent explain that to your kids? Like, I saw, I saw that Santa like, uh, you know, um, I saw mama kissing Santa Claus. I saw I Santa Facebook. Claus. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's just, you know, you, you given the job that you have, you can't, you can't take photos like that. Yeah. And you have to, there's a certain boundaries you have to work within there. Yeah. And I'm not too sympathetic to the like, but he was at home on his own personal time. thing. Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense because he's making yeah. the pictures public for everyone to see. And also like, if, if that's your, um, if that's the stance you take, how far are you willing to take that? Like if someone was like, I don't know, got arrested for like child luring on the internet, but mm -hmm. they did it on their own personal time. Would you still be okay with them being Santa? And of course, what he right. did is nothing compared to child luring. No, just, no. Like the pictures, like you know, go? like he was, they were saying they're consensual pictures and they were saying it's all in good fun, yada, yada, yada. Um, but given the job that he has, I think the mall has every right to cancel his contract and has and every right to say, we don't want that image for our mall Santa. Certainly, yeah. And I'm sure there's other people who are willing to be the mall Santa that aren't engaged in that. So as the mall, if the mall has something in their contract that they can get out of hiring mm. this guy, then they 
they, and they must have because they decided to do it so there must have been some clause here's the thing though like so santa wants to get his jollies and <laughs> wants to take provocative uh photos of whatever santa wants just don't share it like just keep it to yourself yeah we, you know we live in a time where what you do on your personal life especially on social media your employer gives a damn about you know and most employer employee yeah. contracts and relationships and when you're working have... with children like that's a huge thing like the the employer has every right to make sure that you're on the up and up when it comes to your behavior like you can especially wearing the suit that he wears at the mall with the kids like yeah even if it's his just, own suit like even if he even owns if it's his suit, own still... suit it's still like that's the guy the kids see him in the mall and then they see him on the internet in these photos good god like just keep it to yourself the same with the dog training lady like come on <laughs> just keep it to yourself I don't uh, understand the need to share everything and everything. Like, just stop. Yeah, in this can't article, anything be can't anything be innocent anymore. Like even even Santa is doing this, you know. Um, Santa has an OnlyFans, and we subscribe to his OnlyFans, and it's like, well, it's it's on my own time, and if people want to want to you know pay you know thirty dollars a month to watch Santa iron naked in the North Pole, then. <laughs> This article is from 2019, so this happened a while ago. My understanding is that this particular man uh, got another job at a different mall, and I think it was like a smaller gig. But yeah, he it's did called a you know leather and lace, or it's you know pleasures and treasures. That's the name of the mall. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, rock on, Mall Santa, who uh, is willing to let his freak flag fly for the worse. It appears. Um, yeah let's let's wrap this up with a story that this this is a phenomenon or an idea that i have never heard about have you ever heard of wind phones before i sent you the stories for tonight is this a new no like a wind phone i'd never heard that term before me neither uh, apparently it's a thing i've only learned about it because somebody has uh, installed one at a public park in Nova Scotia. I'll, I'll play the news story and then I'll tell you a bit about what I found out about wind phones. Okay. Hello listeners. Sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and remind you of the benefits of a nighttime premium feed subscription. First of all, I release the episodes ad-free and two days early on the premium feed, which gives you the show quicker and a lot less painfully. Secondly, I maintain a full back catalog of nighttime episodes and countless hours of bonus content only on the premium feed, so to give you more of the show than any sane person would probably even want to listen to. And the third thing, premium feed subscribers who do so annually get a discounted rate and receive a free swag pack by mail. Who doesn't love mail? And lastly, but hopefully most importantly, the premium feed will fund the creation of the show. My mics, my laptop, the little lights on my desk, it's all paid for by the combined efforts of the Premium Feed subscribers. So if any of this sounds good to you, for about the price of a cup of coffee, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. I want to thank you for considering it. Now, let's get back to the episode.
want to have the Kleenex close by for this next conversation, I've got mine ready. Losing a loved one is always difficult, and oftentimes we find ourselves wanting to have one last conversation with them. But now, in possibly one of the most unpredictable places, you can make that call. The phone of the wind was set up along the Van Tassel Lake Trail in Digby as a means to help people find closure and work through their grief. So joining me now to tell us more about this beautiful way to connect is Jonathan Riley, Trail and Open Space Coordinator for the Municipality of the District of Digby. Good morning, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being here with us. Good morning, my pleasure. Okay, walk me through, you know, the concept of this phone. How is it set up? How, how does it work? <laughs> yeah, you know, when I was setting it up, uh, actually installing it, uh, a woman was walking by and uh, I, explained, I was explaining it to her and she said, so you just pretend to talk? Oh. Um, so I, I don't know if I can really explain how it works, but the idea is that it, it's like a medium, you know, it just helps people uh, make that bridge, that connection. Uh, maybe like a more familiar ritual we might understand easier is I'm a big Rocky Stallone fan. And okay. uh, if you follow those Rocky movies, he goes to the graveyard, he sets up a lawn chair and he uh, has a beer with Polly and he puts a rose on Adrian's gravestone and he, and he talks with them. And that works for a lot of people, but um, a lot of people um, don't have gravestones or their loved ones are quite far away from where they're buried. So this is just another way, it's another, another way of making that connection. So you'd have to maybe bring your own beer to the trail if you want to do it that way, but you certainly can do it that way if you so choose. But the, the phone itself, it's, it's not connected to anything, right? There's, there's no one on the other end, you know, other than who you're maybe feeling that connection with, correct? That's right. It's connected to the wind is the idea that, I mean, the idea came from a, a gardener designer in Japan who, who built one of these in 2010 to stay connected to his cousin and um yeah that was the idea for him was that his his thoughts and his conversations were going out over the wind and, and in that way would reach his cousin so in essence at a public park there's just a telephone not connected to anyone or anything mm -hmm. the idea is you can pick up the phone and communicate with a deceased loved one right i, I don't know why that i find it moving i like the idea i really like the idea too and it's sim simple enough of an idea that you could set your own up anywhere. You know, if you have, I guess, does it have to be an old rotary phone though? Can you use an old like cordless phone or, or like a cell? <laughs> uh, yeah. In, in this case, it was an old rotary phone, but I think yeah. you could use anything. Uh, here's, uh, I, I thought it was a unique idea when I first stumbled upon it, but he referenced like this Jap Japanese gardener, uh, which led me to Googling like different spots where there's wind phones. Uh, I just want to read like the definition or whatever of a wind phone according to Wikipedia. Here's how they describe it. The wind phone is an unconnected telephone booth where visitors can hold one-way conversations with deceased loved ones. Initially created by garden designer Itaru Sasaki in 2010 to help him cope with his cousin's death. It was opened to the public in the following year after the 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami killed over 15,000 people. The wind phone has since received over 30,000 visitors and a number of replicas have been constructed around the world and it has served as the inspiration for several novels and films. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's something this really creative person kind of set up and it's, yeah, it's, it's, 
taken on uh, it's it's spread its wings around it's flown through the wind around the world to different places yeah. but yeah i think it's a nice idea it's a cool concept it's cheap uh it looks good it's a cool story and mm. i also think it can work i i've probably talked to you about this this maybe on our halloween special is i have these ideas about uh our spirits and souls being a form of energy that dissipates into the atmosphere when we pass away an unconnected phone line which has you know a phone would have like copper wiring would be somewhat conductive if it's unconnected maybe it would have a way to tap into you know whatever's in the static electricity there and maybe it does help people connect so without ever using one or seeing one in person i believe that the wind phone is a way to connect with deceased loved ones it absolutely like it's you know you're going to when you're when you're when you're talking to someone who's passed away like it doesn't have to be physically connected to anything and you, like it's just it is it's just a nice thing to kind of to do you know when when he did mention like you know how well he put he put him as rocky stallone yeah <laughs> you know, so I he we're gonna hear from nadine we're gonna get so many that. voicemails about him saying yeah, sylvester stallone's tough. name wrong rocky stallone's not an actual person you should have called him out that's on right him. yeah 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 totally so yeah so you know rocky goes to the to the grave to talk to adrian and all that kind of stuff it's the same you know it's a it's the same thing and it's it's a nice idea and it'd be cool you know people can again it's simple enough that anybody can do it you know just put it in your backyard or or whatever and you, you know. don't have to go to the graveyard and mm -hmm. do all this thing it's just like a different way and it's also it's natural to the idea of like holding that up to your head like to your ear and having like a conversation even if not out loud just in your head like i think having the receiver up to your ear would create a different like would be evocative of a different kind of communication than sitting at a graveyard with a beer like uh yeah. rambo stallone did yeah yeah it's it's more i don't know pleasant i guess you know you because you're, you're sitting down you're talking to someone over the phone um it's more vintage i guess i like that it's a rotary phone and uh yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And it's definitely better than a Ouija board. Well, a Ouija board can uh, bring out demons. Yeah, I don't think a wind phone could. Ooh, although maybe it could. There's well, a, that's there's... the thing that I'd be worried about is eventually uh, maybe an evil spirit gets in through one of these wind phones. Don't like talk Greek into it or something. Or Latin, I guess, is the word. Is the yeah, yeah. Or some, kind of, some kind of language in tongue or something, you know. And... There's a scene in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where someone, they, they're in a dream, but they think they're awake and they put the phone up to and their the ear. And the tongue comes through. Yeah, yeah. Through the tongue comes out of the phone and into their ear. Um, mm. I wonder if that was a wind phone. I must have been. That's, I think that's now that we know what a wind phone is. That's the that's, only explanation as explains, to what that was in yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. That explains that scene. Yeah, absolutely. So, All yeah. Right, well, I I think we should start wrapping it up. I think we accomplished our mission here. Although we usually call out to listeners for stories at the end. What do you want people to tell us? Well, we want more uh, unusual <coughs> Santa Claus Christmas stories. Sadly, there are plenty. <laughs> yeah so we want more of those mm -hmm. um and we want more voicemails that that don't mention tim hortons what if someone had a story about like something weird that happened at a christmas parade in their community would you be interested in that 
at a Christmas parade. Yeah, yeah that's a good story. We have lots of like holiday parades, Santa parade, Christmas parades, whatever you call them. Uh, I would be interested in those. Maybe if your kid's school has a Christmas concert, I'd like to hear about the worst performance. There's got to be embarrassing Christmas concert stories out there. Yeah, I can't. I've never experienced one. Have you performed Uh, in Christmas concerts? Oh my gosh! As a kid, yes, a bunch of them. Now, as did you play the triangle or the tambourine? What was (laughs) your? You would just sing. Uh, You would just sing. Although I did have the experience. He probably can't hear me. My kid's behind me. But when my kid was in primary, like you know how every like class. Uh, that performs there's always like one mm-hmm. kid who's super enthusiastic uh, yeah. well, well that was my kid <laughs> they were singing this song called like i think it was called peppermint candy canes or something oh, okay. peppermint peppermint candy canes and do you hear me buddy and everyone in the class was just like peppermint peppermint candy canes but my son was like right out the front, like peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's my kid. Yeah, yeah. He loves peppermint candy canes. He's um, passionate about it. Yeah. Do you remember that, buddy? Yes, I remember that very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> well, let's wrap this up, Aaron. Uh, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Uh, watch out what you put on social media it could come back to haunt you yeah and answer your wind phone when i call you yeah and don't go on the news advocating for less homeless shelters when they're in the middle of a crisis sure that's solid advice no matter who you are i want to thank you for helping aaron and i in our mandate to keep canada weird But also, let us call out to you for even further support in this mission. If something unusual happens in your town, let us know. And the best way to do that is by sending us a voice memo via nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We both hope to hear from you. Now, before we part here, I'm going to give thanks. A big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who supplies this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you're listening on the premium feed. And on that topic, let me thank the newest subscribers, Kennedy and Dave, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have a story idea, want to give feedback on the show, or send a voice memo for an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.